Hi, this is Ron Gilbert, and welcome to the weekly Thimbleweed Park Stand-Up Meeting Podcast. Every week we get together and we talk about what we did last week and what we're going to do this week. And as always, I am joined by Gary Winnick. Hello. And David Fox. Hey there. David Fox, I guess, is on a working vacation. I am. I saw some photos you posted of your uh, little office overlooking the California coast. It was gorgeous. I know. It, it's, it's, we're going to do this again. Today's the last day. We're going to go back. But it actually worked pretty well, um, except for the two travel days and setting up. Um, I got full eight-hour days in. So I And we got to take amazing neighborhood walks on the beach and look at sea otters. And um, it's pretty secluded. So there weren't a whole lot of people. It's great. Yeah, you're pretty much living the indie game lifestyle. Aren't That's you? exactly right. As long as there's Wi-Fi. Because <laughs> all, you know, all indies just walk on the beach. And- <laughs> So, 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 David, are you finding that you pretty much are unhampered in being able to do anything? You have good internet and, you know, with the laptop, the ability to pretty much do anything you would do? The only problem is that they have their internet's metered here, so we aren't allowed to stream stuff. So that probably actually worked in the game's favor since I couldn't go off and watch something on YouTube or something. So. Yeah, you know what would really work for me in the game's favor is if Twitter went down for an extended period of time. <laughs> I spend way too much time on Twitter. You're not playing World of Warcraft anymore, Ron? No, I haven't played that in a long time. Run out to see the movie? No, you don't run out to see movies. Yeah, I saw the movie. I really enjoyed the movie. I really, really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I know like a lot of people didn't didn't like the World of Warcraft movie, but I actually really liked it. I thought it was very different than most fantasy movies. I, th- I think one of the reasons that I think people didn't like the Warcraft movie was they just thought it was going to be Lord of the Rings or, um, you know, Game of Thrones. But I think it just took a very, very different take on everything. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. So if I, if I'm not a world of Warcraft player, would I still appreciate the movie? I think you would. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of lore stuff in there, but that, you know, maybe if you're a player, you kind of understand at a deeper level, but I don't think you have to be a, you have to be a player to understand it. I think it's definitely the kind of thing that would have been better, you know, as a, you know, little HBO or, you know, AMC series because the Warcraft lore is so deep and I do and I do think they kind of brushed over a lot of stuff really quickly that I would have liked to see them have spent more time on. So probably for me it'd be all confusing because there's all this stuff like what are they talking about? Yeah, it could be. I mean, imagine watching Game of Thrones as a two-hour movie. Right. Right? I mean, they just would have moved through everything so fast that, you know, maybe, you know, you would have been a little confused about stuff. But, you know, catch it when it comes on iTunes or something. Right. Curious what you think of it. All right. Let's start with Gary today. Okay. So... Um, I have continued to do animation. We're just going through and looking at the acts that we have to complete. It's sort of become like sections, at least for me. They have to do more with sort of the location. So in a given location, I have to make sure that there's um, most you know, most of the characters done. So currently I've been working on ThimbleCon in the hotel. I was working on that last week. I'll probably be working on that into next week. And it pretty much contains lots of characters. Some of them have, you know, special case animations, but a lot of them kind of just mill around and are in audiences and stuff like that. So, um, but they all have to be drawn and they all have to animate. And there's a certain level of revel- 
uh, render that we're going for now, which, um, you know, t I have to take the older characters when I move them into an area now where they're going to be sort of, I'm going to use the word final for act one or two and make sure that the render looks um, up to the same standard as everything else we're doing. So that's taking some time, but um, really enjoying it, particularly enjoying the characters I'm doing. A lot of them are sort of jokes about I'm just gonna say things that you would recognize or time periods that you would recognize and overall um, that's coming along and I have a few inventory items to do as well but that's gonna keep me busy at least through next week okay David other than walking on the beach what have you been up to this week other than walking on the beach well a lot of last week the last week was split between bug fixes and a couple of room extensions and also the one wiring up the one maze that we have in the game oh you said the m word i said the m word <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. It, and it came it came out of the the mouth of the guy who did the zach mccracken <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, we figured that people you know wouldn't think this was a, a typical you know lucasarts style graphic adventure game without at least one maze in there so you have to have a maze it's also a maze you know, in the sense that there's actually a puzzle to get through it. It's it's not like you just have to find your way through a maze. Right. I think, uh, and I think those are the confusing mazes. I think in this case, you know, it's it's probably a little bit better. Yeah, you can cut this, but mapping won't help. Right. A lot of time spent with the the two scenarios that we have set up for debugging. Um, have one scenario for the like we mentioned last time for the Vista, and one for beginning of Act Two, and as we're going through and testing those, finding a bunch of things that you know you should have completed in Act One that I hadn't set up properly in this one, so you can still do things that you shouldn't be able to do. Not major, but you know, taking time to get all those little pieces working properly. So these scenarios are set up for the testers, so the testers can quickly jump to the beginning of Act Two, or eventually jump to the beginning of Act Three without right. having to play the game from the beginning. Or play test, time. yeah, play testers or our testers both. Right. Yeah. And it, you know, theoretically, if you use the Act Two scenario, you should start at the same point you would be if you actually worked your way all the way through Act One into Act Two. Right, with all the same inventory, same items, inventory and then yeah. game state all set up the same. Right. So when you walk into a room and you say, wait, that puzzle should have been completed in Act 1 and it's still there, then that's my bad. So I have to go back and, and fix things like that. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work to set those up, but I think it pays off in the end. You know, yeah. Otherwise, we're, we're wasting a lot of the testers' time playing all the way through Act 1 over and over and over just to get to the Act 2 stuff. So right. I think it's worth it. Yeah, and if they just did a save game there... Um, then there's a good chance that as we're making fixes, the save games are going to break because of things we've changed with variables and other things. So that's not a really good solution either. Um, and I think that's it. So um, back to the maze and continuing with more bug fixes. So we're scheduled to be done with our Act 1 sprint to the end of the month. The Act 1 sprint or Act 2 sprint? I'm sorry, Act 2 sprint, yeah. They're trying to get the Act 2 sprint done. It, yeah. it feels like we're going to be a little bit late on that. Yeah, there's still some sections where you just can't play through yet because the puzzles aren't in place yet. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, I think the big the big decision will become, do we hit the end of the sprint and then just move forward to the Act 3 sprint? Or do we hit the end of the sprint and go, you know what, let's just take another week and finish it up? It's like I can see arguments for both sides of, of that. Well, for the, I think the critical stuff 
I mean, if you if you can't um, get into a room or do something because there's an object that you can never get, that seems like we really want to get that working. Right, but do we start the Act 3 sprint when we were supposed to? Mm-hmm. You know, while we're trying to fix the stuff in Act 2, or do we go, you know what, we're behind enough that we should just delay the, even the starting of the Act 3 sprint uh, until we really do have the Act 2 sprint done? Because I, I, I just worry about that because just from a project management standpoint, it, be, it can become this escalating, you know, you just start shifting the dates out where, you know, there is an argument that you should just kind of, you know, push forward and, and keep on track. So I'm not really sure what we should do in this right. case. Right. Well, I guess it might be, a, it could be a mix. Like if there are, you know, like if I happen to be done with all my Act 2 stuff, I could go on to Act 3, but maybe someone else yeah. has to stay. Yeah, I mean the art the art can push forward because I think I think all the art is done for the Act Two sprint. So the artist can push forward into the Act Three stuff. I think it's really just the programming that is that is a little bit behind. And which pro- which is obviously the, the puzzle wiring. And programming so easy anyway. Yeah. It's mostly just walking on the beach. <laughs> well, I'm actually thinking about coding while I'm walking on the beach. Walking on the beach and t- and talking to otters about coding. Uh, Good, good save, David. Okay, uh, I think I will go. Let's see. Last week I was working on uh, the controller code for the console versions, more specifically uh, getting the front end code working. So when you're navigating menus, because when you're navigating menus, you don't want to be driving a cursor around the screen. You want it to to work more like console games are used to using menus we're using the thumbsticks to navigate through the stuff so i got all of that working and got the controller buttons um, displaying the little graphic images for that stuff we also did uh, another play test uh, sarah who was our very first play tester she came back and uh, did uh, the, the finishing up of act one which uh, she couldn't have done the first time so that was nice to you know see somebody actually get all the way through act one and then um, we'll start bringing more play testers back um, and kind of jumping them ahead to, to act two so i think some of the new play testers we bring in we we may actually just jump them right to act two um, so they won't have seen the beginning of the game which would be a little bit strange but i just worry about doing nothing but testing act one over and over and over with play testers um, the other thing it did, I thought we could get away with this initially, and that was um, texture size. Is like most modern machines can deal with textures that are like 4096 by 4096, but as we're doing compatibility testing, we're actually finding older machines that are capable of running the game that can't deal with those large texture sizes. So I was just kind of going through and making some changes to how the rooms are constructed so we can get all the textures down to 2048. The total size of the textures isn't the problem. It's just that we actually have some individual textures that are larger than 2048. So we need to kind of cut those down. And I'm going to do that in an automatic way. So we're not having to hand do that uh, with everything. That'd be good. Did you find out whether your fix actually works on those older computers? No, because we have to do the whole game before we can do that. I just went through and did the highway because I think that's probably the worst room, you know, in terms of length. But we need to go back and we need to do, there's only about five rooms um, that we need to do, but we need to do all of them so I can then do a test build uh, for them. So um, imagine that's not a super high priority now that I know that the system works. So we can probably do that over the next week or so. 
And we also did some puzzle rework. Um, I wrote a blog post about the wrench puzzle. Uh, we did some rework on that. We also added a completely new room uh, to the very beginning of the game. So I think maybe the third room or so is a completely new room, uh, which I think is Mark's working on it right now. I think it's going to be really cool, really cool room. We kind of did that for puzzle reasons. There's a puzzle later on in the game that I think this room would be really useful for, and it's also going to serve some narrative purposes uh, early on in the game. So we did that. And then next week, I am going to Spain. I'm going to a game conference in Barcelona. So I will be gone all next week. And I don't know that we're going to have a podcast next week. And that is me. You can do it from Spain with Octavi. <laughs> That's true. We could do an in-person podcast with Octavi. Yeah. Are you going to see him or do you know if you'll meet up yeah. with him? Yeah, we're going to get together and have dinner. I think Monday night. Anyone coming over from our from from England? To meet you? Uh, no, no, because England's left the UK now. They're they're their own separate country. So they can't go to Spain. Yeah, so they can't go to Spain. Too bad. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess they can go if they like make arrangements to go, but they can't just go. <laughs> it's not yeah, like so going to you know Bakersfield or something like that. They have to have their papers now. All right, is that it? I guess so. I think that's it. Okay, I will talk to you guys later. Okay. Okay. Bye. 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 All right. Nice short podcast. When are you heading back, David? We're heading back in a couple hours, hour and a half. Uh, okay. We have to drive seven miles to drop off the key <laughs> out, out of our way, which is really oh, crazy, wow. and then drive back. So we'll probably take advantage wow. of, a, of a different beach on the way just to check out. Um, yeah, I am re- I'm really tempted to go find a place like that on the Washington coast. And go uh, spend a week. With, I loved you know, it. Doing, I, doing gonna, I think we're going to do this again in the fall because um, it's just you know, really relaxing and 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 it's productive too. Um, yeah. And you know, it's a full, it's a house, so we, there's a kitchen and everything. Um, there's a cove right nearby called Smuggler's Cove, and apparently it was used during the Prohibition era for for ships would come out and and have little dinghies come and bring ships full of of booze into the cove and it's secluded enough that no one knows that they're there so that's kind of fun yeah there's a great pirate bar in san francisco called smuggler's cove yeah okay okay all right now we're really done